0: We go
1: this is so exciting and you just played the beginning of our first episode
0: ah uh, i did not well. they didn't get to hear it now the warm-up for our session today was to go back two years
1: was it two years ago
0: i have no idea it was 119 episodes ago so that's more than two years ago i um well i was just trying to free up some space on my computer so i was throwing old files from episode 24 to episode 119 that was all on my laptop. So I was moving into Dropbox and I already had a folder in there with episodes one to 23. Oh, so you went back and started and listened to number one. I listened to the first 10 seconds of number one and I was already sick of us. Yeah. So I, t- <laughs> I turned it off.
1: Hi, everybody. Hello. That is uh, Michael Puppas who just said, hi, everybody.
0: And that's Father Herb that just echoed what I said. Yes, this is Father Herb. All right. I've got some questions for you this week. You know, I like to do this Be-
1: before you do the questions. Oh, okay. A on. shout out.
0: Who are we shouting to? Well,
1: last week, I recognized a woman who was here, and she listens from Illinois. I do remember that. So now, not to be outdone, I got a note from a woman, Kathy, Yeah. in Indiana. Oh, we've bridged the gap. Yes. Okay. So, hey, all you people who listen out there, I'm trying to go east. Is there anybody from Pennsylvania? (laughs) How about New Jersey?
0: Oh, Uh, wow. That's really (laughs) far. We could take a Michigander
1: as well. I'd take somebody from Pemberville.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. You ready for my questions? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. So i like to ask you these social media posts. The first one is today's post. We'll start light because I think, plus, as you walked into the room, you had, let's just air your dirty laundry. You had three empty coffee mugs as you were cleaning out your office. They
1: were just on my desk from this morning. Well, not from this morning. I think one was from yesterday afternoon.
0: Okay. So, today, Tuesday, October 1st, as we record this, is International Coffee Day. I was aware of that. So, the question that we're asking people on social media today is, how do you like to drink your coffee? How do I like to... All the time. I mean...
1: <laughs> oh, By, you by mean three what? mugs at a time. I, I, I How do t- you
0: take your coffee? I like coffee black. Me too. I like it strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the dark roast. Yeah. I like... Uh, it's kind of like your clothes, yeah. black and strong. A very, very, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. A high octane. Okay. I, l- I love the coffee. I w- we're getting ready for this trip to Israel. Sure. Uh, which is both uh, Palestine, you know, the Palestinians and Israelis. Uh-huh. And the Palestinians especially, they have the Ar- Ar- Arabia coffee or Arabic coffee. Uh-huh. Or I'm not quite sure what term they use. But it
0: is real thick and kind of gritty. Oh, and I love it. You like it? I like it. It puts hair on your chest. Or on my teeth. On your. <laughs> okay, the other question is, well, first of all, don't you want to know how I take my coffee? Oh, I know what you do. What do I do? It's mostly sugar and That's and not true at all. I drink it black. I know you do. I'm but kidding. I just started at home. I think we talked about this a little bit. Oh,
1: pour over. I've
0: been exploring the world of pour over. Yeah. It's quite but, fun. But,
1: but when we did some coffee testing down in Guatemala on our mission trip and people think that we go down there to work but because coffee is their middle name yeah uh, we spent an afternoon uh, with this expert explaining how is the best way to drink the coffee that they actually pick down there yeah and we all they did a, a pour over they did a mister coffee they did two uh, old percolator type thing yeah but the one that everybody thought was the best was the the french press
0: oh does it come with fries?
1: No, not the French fries, French press. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: All right, question number two, because I'm, I'm interested to hear, this was yesterday's post, but when I posted it, I thought I'm going to ask him this on the podcast. Okay, so pretend it's the year 2050, and you have, you're only alive in 2050 for three minutes, and then you're going to go back to 2019, okay? And you get on Google. What do you look up? You well, only first three of all, minutes Google won't be around anymore by then. Don't tell but, Google. Okay. So I've got three minutes. And 2050, what do you look up?
1: I would look up probably something along the line of who's the next president, who's the next pope, uh, who's,
0: you know, something along like that. You're going to make sure that you're not the next pope. Well, I know I'm not the next pope. Well, we know that too, but we just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if it was 2050, I would be more than 100 years old.
1: Oh, wouldn't that be glorious? That's only 30 years away,
0: though. I know. Isn't that crazy? I commented that I would want to know if the bridge to the song Oceans had ended yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. I thought you were going to
1: say you are going to comment, is the bridge over the Maumee River at Waterville ever done? No,
0: because we sing Spirit Lead Me Where My Trust Is Without Borders for at least 20 minutes. In fact, a high school student asked me once, why do you sing that so much? And I said... I'm just singing it it's the way written, they wrote it's written,
1: it. What, it's repeated seven times. It's seven made, times. It's yeah. very biblical.
0: Yes. But we, we'd still be but singing But you know what? It. I
1: still like it. I would...
0: I, would, I could. It is. It's, I could the, it's the beauty of the mantra, I think. It, yeah. you, the, you go deeper each time. Yes. All right. Speaking of depth, we are deep into autumn now, sort of. That was a bad segue.
1: That was not very good at all.
0: <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, but we're at the beginning of October. The first weekend of October. October 6th, even. And uh, we are the 27th Sunday in ordinary and we're time. Almost at the point where I start
1: asking, how many uh, Sundays are there in ordinary time? And I answer 33,
0: sometimes 34. And the answer this year is? 33. Very good. Followed by Christ the King.
1: Correct. And then, Which is sometimes referred to as the 34th Sunday. And then Advent. Yes. Okay. We're on the journey to Jerusalem. In We continue Luke's Gospel. And we are at chapter 17. It's a short passage, but not without its own confusion. Okay, It's really two parts. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servant who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat? Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I'm finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what he was commanded? So should it be with you when you have done all that you have been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we have, what we were obliged to do. So the, the, the challenge for any homilist, but actually for any listener is to connect the the first part of this to the second part.
0: First part. Got it.
1: First part. If second part. Faith, faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, how big is a mustard seed? Very small. So if teeny you have, tiny. I asked the question at the Bible study this morning. Why would you want to uproot a a mulberry tree and have it go to the sea? I don't know. Have you ever had mulberry trees? I don't think so. Not that I know of. They grow pretty wild. They grow really fast. They become kind of a pest.
0: Are they big? No. No? No.
1: But they they grow rather quickly. The birds love them. They eat the mulberries. Uh And uh, you have uh, a lot of mess. That's what you say about me too. <laughs> so you, you know, I don't know if the mulberry trees over there were the same, but you know, uh, picking of all, uh, picking all kinds of trees, the mulberry tree is not necessarily a noble tree. It's not sure. like the sycamore or something like that. Okay. So, but anyway, so you could say, "Be uprooted, go into the sea." He's basically it starts off with the, the question or the statement from the apostles: "Lord, increase our faith." Yeah. They know that they struggle. They struggle. They have. Uh, difficulty really understanding the message of Jesus. And I think they believe in him enough that they follow him. They're following him to Jerusalem. Sure. But they still don't know where it's going to take them. So increase our faith. Okay, that's cool. Then we go to the second part Mm -hmm. about the servants coming in. And Jesus is basically saying the servants come in. They're outdoor servants, but now they become indoor servants.
0: And just to be clear... This is sequential in the gospel. It almost feels as though we skipped 10 verses and then jumped to this next right piece, but it's sequential in the gospel of Luke. I just wanted to clarify and, and that. Yes,
1: it's sequential means it, it basically follows. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it comes right after the other part. Right. So uh, who among you would say to your servant who has just come in, you know, hey, I'll treat you nicely. It's basically saying, I'm not going to treat you badly, but you're doing your job. Right. You take care of the sheep. You take care of the master. And of course, in the days of Jesus, there, there was this whole position of servant and it was an accepted position. Mm-hmm. The way I keep reading this is that most of us need to say the increase of faith is not just for the contemplative nuns or for the Pope. Mm-hmm. Or for the people who obviously really are holy and, you know, it's evident by their lifestyle. Their strive for holiness. Correct. But the increase of faith is for everybody and that we are all servants. And, you know, so it's like faith has to be present in whatever we do, Mm -hmm. whether we're tending sheep or serving the dinner. Yeah. But also it has to be present there. But by doing those things, that's where we also can find our faith. I think a lot of people just feel like they have to run away from their everyday ordinary life to get to get faith. Mm. But really, faith has to be uh, interjected into life. And I think that's always the key. How do we live our faith in the middle of all the crazy busyness of the world.
0: Well, I always thought that, you know, especially when I was doing youth ministry, you know, we would take the students away for a mission trip or a retreat or whatnot. And, you know, we would take their phones away from them or, you know, we'd strip everything away from them. So it was a completely abnormal environment. And then we'd inject said message into them and hopefully increase their faith. And then we'd throw them back into the real world and expect them to take everything from the retreat and then apply that to their everyday life where, we haven't shown them how to do that in everyday life. We've given them a completely different set of circumstances to hopefully— And I'll tell you, I know so
1: many parents, so many working people who really struggle to find a way to have their faith active day in and day out. I think maybe that's why some people listen to the podcast. Hello. They're
0: they're really—I mean, could they find anything better? Well, the radio's not very good these days. <laughs> <laughs> I am— um, I, I even think about what we were talking about, Connection Point. We had Connection Point on Sunday. Uh, we had about, what, 16 or 17 families there. And at Connection Point, we talked quite a bit about what does it mean to be a parishioner at St. John the 23rd, uh, especially when it comes to our call to discipleship. We talked about that vision of the parish. You know, we use the word discipleship here a lot. Um, and we really talked about we don't want our parish, we don't want church, we don't want faith to be a one-stop shop on Sunday,
1: what one and done.
0: Yeah. We want you, we want Sunday to be the highlight of your week when we celebrate Eucharist together, but then it flows into the rest of your week. I love to tell people all of your activities during the week,
1: all of your personal prayer, devotion, all of your discussions with your family, especially if if they do uh, touch upon moral activities or faith understanding. Yeah. All of those prepare people Mm -hmm. for sunday yeah because we're bringing to the altar everything we have and all of our experience so everything leads up to that mass consequently all of the the goodness the grace the strength to enter into the next week flows from that mass yeah
0: well we always use the word you know the bishops and and some documents have used you know we take our our joys our fears our hopes our anxieties uh, from two mass and then from mass we take the nourishment from that out to the joys, hopes fears and anxieties of well, the world. what
1: you have done is you've taken two of the great statements from the Second Vatican Council in the early 1960s and conflated them very well.
0: Can you define the word
1: conflate? Yeah, you put them together
0: Oh so the, sequentially yeah so, <laughs> so in the in the document
1: on the liturgy it says the, the Eucharist the mass yeah is the summit of all of our prayer, Mm -hmm. but it's also the source of all of our prayer. So it's source and summit is what they said. But the other one is the document, which was the final document of the Second Vatican Council. And it was written. It was not. They had decided to write a number of documents as they looked at the council. Mm -hmm. But after the council started, they said, we need an additional document. And it's called the Church in the Modern World. And the Church in the Modern World starts off, almost paraphrase what you just said, or you paraphrased what it says. It says, the joys and hopes. You
0: mean the bishops of the, the cardinals of the Second Vatican Council didn't paraphrase Michael Puppis?
1: It wasn't just the cardinals. It was all, 20, it was all the bishops, right? 2,400 bishops from yeah. all over the world. By far the biggest uh, religious gathering in the history of Catholicism and probably Christianity.
0: Well, they only didn't paraphrase me because I yeah. wasn't born yet. Yeah. That but was why. They
1: said the joys and the hopes, the the fears and the struggles yeah. of, of any human being are also the joys and hope and fears and struggles of followers of Christ. Mm. Because we are inserted into humanity. We are inserted into the world. And that sounds sort of like, of course, right now. But in the 1960s, that was a a real bold statement. It's, It's like saying, the church is not separate from the world we are interactive with the world and that's why i like the other quote from our founder john the 23rd there's the the one about the windows open the windows let the fresh air of the holy spirit come blowing through heard it but the other one he said about the windows is let's open the windows of the church so that we can see out and others can see in yeah which i take to mean the church is interactive with the world we're not closing ourselves off we're not privatists. we're not separatists. yeah
0: I've I think I've talked about it on the podcast before and I was just talking about this with a friend over lunch last week. uh, And this particular person was saying, you know, I just they were struggling in faith and saying, you know, I just don't really feel anything anymore. And I said, you know, I'm coming to find that it's not about feeling. I think we're so feelings driven that when we read in the gospel today, it's, you know, or this weekend, it's, you know, Lord, increase our faith. It's like, oh, Lord, give us stronger feelings towards you because we're so feeling driven, so emotion driven. But I'm finding in my own life that faith comes through sacraments. Faith comes through action. Faith comes through people. Faith comes through prayer. And faith sometimes is just plain uh,
1: the knowledge that we're doing the right thing, whether we feel like it or not. Yeah. A lot of times when we have people go to the soup kitchen or they help out, and they'll come back and say, what a great experience. I really felt good. Uh, I, I'm glad I was serving people. And every so often I find myself thinking, that's too bad. I wish they had a bad experience. <laughs> you know, that to go up there and maybe people were taking them for granted or ignoring them. Uh, I don't really want that. But I, but <laughs> I, I hope
0: you have a terrible time.
1: But, but, I, but I think then people realize you still do the right thing even if it doesn't make you feel good. Because if it just makes you feel good, that's pretty much back to all about ourselves. Sure. And service is not about ourselves.
0: Kind of back to... That earlier topic we were discussing with, you know, the rhythm of daily life, that faith, that Christ is the center of that injected into the rhythm of every day. I know I probably take for granted. I can't speak for you, but I would suspect maybe you do, too, that we live in this nice little Catholic bubble where we get to come to church every day and there's mass here every day and we have a holy hour during the week and we're around Catholic people and we do Catholic things. Or how many times do we just even walk into
1: or out of church and say a little prayer on the way? Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. but, you know, it's still easy, even in the midst of being in the church, being a church worker, to get lost in tasks and get, and not maybe be prioritizing faith. And I talked to a priest about this one time, and he would talk about that. When he was leaving, when he was in the seminary, everything was so regulated. You know, the bells would ring, and they would go to prayer, and then the bells would ring, and they would do something else. And, you know, it, everything was very formulated that he found. Once he got out into the, quote, real world, he had to find other little triggers throughout the day to help him remember to inject faith into the day. So, for example, you know, making his bed in the morning or doing the dishes, you know, these maybe the seemly, seemingly mundane tasks that we do daily, pouring over coffee, whatever it may be, offering those moments of prayer or connecting with God. I, I, know, I know somebody told
1: me that every time the phone rings before he quickly grabs it, yeah. he says a little prayer. Please don't be my mother. No, no. no. <laughs> it's a, a little prayer of just saying, Lord, uh, let me be present to the person calling.
0: Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, because you never know who's going to be on the other. Well, was that before caller ID, though? I don't know. Oh, I was just. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't always look at caller ID.
0: Well, you have to if you answer your phone.
1: I don't always look at caller ID.
0: You just pick it up? Yes. Even when I call? Well there you look at so let me ask you what are some I mean you've been doing this for a while now what are some of your tips and tricks not to lose faith in the middle of the week well i I have found the rhythm of weekday mass
1: is primary, my primary spirituality during the week yeah i I love Sunday Mass and Sunday Mass is a big celebration it's the full uh, assembly of the community coming together. Mm-hmm. but weekday mass has a very gentle rhythm. I love the readings from day to day because they usually just take one of the books of the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, and you just read read your way through it. Yeah I love the rhythm of that. I, I love the um, the other thing that I do, and I, I started I did this way back, probably in grade school. I certainly did it in the seminary. And now that we have a church again, it was harder when we didn't have a church, but I'd love to just stop in during the day. One of my favorite things, and I've told the people in RCIA that every Tuesday night when we finished our finish RCIA, our mm-hmm. I know some people have to get home because they, they have um, babysitters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have to get up early the next day. But I never get out of the building for about half an hour because, you are know, putting things away or sometimes last minute things I want to put into the computer. Yeah. So I just say you can stop in church. The church is it's it's a mystical experience to go into the church at night. Very much so. We have the light in the tower. It, the LED lights are a different flavor every so
0: often mm-hmm. different color yeah you don't lick them no yeah. they're not
1: they're not flavor but uh
0: they they look purplish blue these days but i don't know what they really are they, well i think right now at night they're white no? really i think so oh maybe okay that's what the color they were when i left the other night okay well i don't change them because you haven't told me how to change them
1: <laughs> job security yeah but i like to walk in without turning in overhead lights on. There's enough light sure. uh, that you, you don't trip over anything. There's something so beautiful about that. But even during the day, today I was in the church two or three times up to this point already. Yeah. And each time, uh, I did go up to the tabernacle and I just knelt down for a little while. And the visits to church do not have to be long. No. Uh, but just checking in for a moment, that's, that's very important for me. By the way, there are more There's a growing number of parishioners uh, who are stopping in during the day.
0: Well, and I was going to say, too, you know, if you don't know our daily mass schedule, it's on the website. Or find a church maybe near where you work if you want to get to daily mass. I know even in downtown Toledo, St. Francis de Sales has mass in the middle of the day during the lunch hour. And those are all wonderful things. But for some people, that might not be feasible either. But you can create sacred space even in your own home. Do you have a place set aside just to be present to God and to allow God to be present to you in your home.
1: And then getting back to the gospel and remembering to do the job that you
0: have, but doing it in
1: service of the Lord.
0: All right. Let's go drink some coffee for International Coffee Day. (laughs) we Will do. Hey, God bless you all. Take care.